Welcome to lap nine of Turning Laps with Mr. Smiley, presented by Edmonton International Raceway in Wetaskiwin. Lap nine features multi-class champion Terry Dowler joining me for an interview. Also, of course, I have EIR News. The green flag is waving. Turning Laps with Mr. Smiley starts right now. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in for lap number nine of Turning Laps with Mr. Smiley. I am, of course, Mr. Smiley. And with the start of the race season right around the corner for Edmonton International Raceway, I am putting a call out to everyone who wants to be a part of the excitement at Edmonton International Raceway in Wetaskiwin this race season. We have several volunteer openings for security and guest services. Not only will you be a part of the fan experiences, but you will get to witness some great racing action for free, as well as some other perks. Contact Loretta now at speedway at .net for more details on these volunteer positions. The June 3rd Fan Appreciation Opening Night is right around the corner with lots of fan giveaways, past the catch-up, great food and beverages, and of course, the best entertainment value with NASCAR home track racing action for everyone. And the night just got even better because for the month of May only, the tickets for the June 3rd Fan Appreciation Season Opening Event are only 5 bucks. But in order to take advantage of this $5 ticket, you must purchase the tickets at our location beside the food court just inside entrance number 6 in the Edmonton Airport Outlet Mall in Nisku. You have until May 31st to take advantage of this exclusive offer. And don't forget, while you're in the outlet mall, pick up your tickets for the Bear 300 Pinty Series race on July 22nd. Your ticket for the Bear 300 includes a huge day of activities for Saturday, starting off with the second annual Hauler Parade to Edmonton International Raceway and ending with the main event of the Bear 300. But also, you get Friday night's weekend kickoff event for free as well with home track racing action, followed by the Bear 300 kickoff driver meet and greet with food, beverages, and entertainment. Of course, tickets for all EIR events are available online at edmontonraceway.com. Don't forget about our Canada Day celebration, which is free for all to attend. We're going to have food, beverages, music, show and shine. Devin Dino will be there. And, of course, you can't be at EIR without some racing on a Saturday night. So our, our future stocks and our stackers are going to take the track with fireworks to end the night. And admission is free for everyone. Before we get to our interview with Terry, I would like to welcome a new podcast sponsor, My Weird Timing Systems Lap Timers. With hundreds of facilities and racers in Europe using My Weird Timing Systems Lap Timers and Transponders, this revolution in racing timing systems will be available to the North American motorsports industry in the coming weeks. Save your money with no annual subscriptions. You can focus on what matters most, and that's racing. If you race anything on four wheels, two wheels, dirt or pavement, gas or electric, professional or amateur, contact me. Track or indoor facility owner operators, contact me about upgrading to or purchasing MyWear systems, including options to increase your revenue stream and more. North American sanctioning bodies, professional race teams, car clubs, or nonprofit facilities. Also contact me. My email address is tracksidebiz at gmail.com about the partnership opportunities that await with the My Weird Timing System lap timers. 
Again, the system is coming soon in the very near future, in the next coming weeks. A multi-class champion, not only on asphalt, but on dirt as well. Terry Dowler is a true ambassador to motorsports. He started off in dirt and through hard work and determination, he's proven that anyone can be successful at any level of motorsports. Whatever Terry gets into, he has proven he has the Midas touch for championship gold. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you, Mr. Terry Dowler. Good afternoon, Terry. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How about yourself? I can't complain. Nobody listens when I do anyways. You're right. I'm not listening. <laughs> so for a lot of the folks out there like myself who I've only seen you race out at the track, but I don't know too much about your career other than some stats that you sent me, which are very impressive, by the way. When and how did you get involved in racing? Well, my racing career pretty much started about 1988. Um, we had a family tire business, our mechanic shop slash um, auto wrecker. And my uh, dad happened to say to me one day, hey, what do, you, what do you think if we get a race car? And our family history is we, my uncles raced, um, my background is from Ireland. My dad came from Ireland. Uh, my uncles, my my grandmother, and uh, they used to race pedal bikes in Ireland back in the day. Um, I've never really had the full story how how it all ha came about, but uh, when they came to Canada, they started to get involved into car racing. Uh, that was in the late '60s. My uncle Eric, uh, who's my dad's brother. He uh, he bought a, an old stock car and went out to a place called Westwind Oval. Uh, I think on Speedway Park before it shut down, mm -hmm. uh, but I think mostly Westwind Oval. Um, he uh, then decided to step up to the next level, which back in those days was called a super stock. And he went down south. He bought uh, an old Chevelle from Herschel McGriff who just got inducted into the NASCAR Hall of Fame this year. Mm -hmm. um, so we, I uh, went to the racetrack when I was four years old and uh, he won the feature that night that I was in the stands. So being a young kid that I was, I ran down to the flag stand and uh, they actually let me through the gate because that's my uncle. I got, I got to get there. So he came to the gate, grabbed me, put me in the car. We did. I got to drive around the car into the pits. He gave <laughs> me the trophy that he won that night, and I still have it to this day. I still have the trophy. So that's when my racing bug really started. Um, I didn't really do any racing until I turned 18. Um, like I said before, with our family business, my dad says, hey, what do you think if we go get a race car? I'm like, let's go get it. <laughs> So actually we were having to be looking into auto trader was the old book now, like Kijiji or whatever you want to call it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there was an old Chevelle on there. So we actually went to look at it and my dad says, you know what? This car really looks familiar. And it ended up being my uncle's car that I watched race in 1974. Oh, which, right on. Which we had no idea it was. So we bought it car trailer um, and then brought it home and took it all apart, cleaned it all up. Um, at that time, uh, my next door neighbor, he was a racer that used to race against my uncle back in the day too. So he actually built my first engine for that car. Oh, uh, yeah. So that's, that's where it all started out. And we raced at, uh, uh, Kalmar was my first race in 1989. That's where I started. Um, yeah. Second place stock car champion and rookie yeah. of the year in 1989 at Calmar yeah. Raceway. Yeah. And that, uh, that year I, I, I remember it fairly well. Um, I didn't really, I didn't win a lot of races. I just finished and learned and got track time and, you know, tried to watch. I always watched the other heat races that were going on while I was in the pits to try and watch the, the groove and what other drivers were doing. And I tried to kind of model myself after some of these other drivers. Like, 
Yeah. Uh-huh. And then you, uh, again, Kalmar in 1990, uh, second place again, stock car championship. Yeah. That year I won a few races and I won uh, a trophy dash. I think I won a couple of trophy dashes. And back in those days, they used to give you, I still have them too to this day, uh, a super, uh, Molson super can is the oh. trophy for the trophy dash. It's empty. Oh. It's not full, but it's, <laughs> it's got a car on it and stuff. I still have it. So. Oh, right on. So yeah. you started your career mostly on dirt? Yeah, I raced dirt uh, from 1989. Um, then uh, when uh, Kelmar shut down, it became Capital City Raceway, which is the one by the airport. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Sangudo Raceway, it also was running at the same time out in Sangudo. So we uh, we ran both tracks. So we ran Sangudo and we ran... Um, Capital Raceway that was in ninety one, mm-hmm. yeah, and so ninety one, yeah, yeah, your first uh, championship. Sorry, didn't mean to cut you off, but ninety one, you oh, says you're your first stock car championship. Yeah, we uh, that was Sangudo, mm-hmm. and then yes, in in Castrol or at uh, yeah, it's Castrol now or <laughs> Rad Torque. Um, yeah. but yeah, I finished third in points there as well, <laughs> running two <laughs> tracks. So that was a busy summer for you. Oh man. Um, yeah, just digging through some of my old pictures and stuff. I found an old race schedule from Kalmar in 1989 and everything oh, wow. was highlighted. Anytime there was a stock car, I was highlighted. So, <laughs> so I was, I was going, yeah. yeah. Oh, right on. So which one did you find most challenging out of those three tracks that you raced in the early part of your career before you moved mm-hmm. over to EIR? Well, I think the dirt actually really helped my, my driving abilities and it gave me a lot better sense of control. Um, you know, driving, you're basically sliding all the time on dirt. So you, you've got to get the most amount of traction um, that you can on the dirt. And it, it could be sloppy one night or it could be super tacky and really fast. And and I think that adjustment in, in your driving and uh, is what makes you uh, a better driver. So Absolutely, it does. It does. Which one was your favorite track out of the three? Uh, I I loved Sangudo, um, but in my mind, I, I mean, I like Kelmar because that was my first place I raced. That's that was the, you know, that's the memory I think that I have mostly is is Kelmar days. Yeah. Okay. Did you race against Don Lawrence at all on dirt? I I don't think I. Did I might actually I might have raced with with Don Lawrence and in, in uh, maybe at Castrol or at Rad Torque. And what about yeah. Ron? Uh, I did race Ron. Yeah, Ron. Um, I raced against Ron at Sangudo and Castrol. I think. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I have a photo album. I I have some old pictures. I didn't bring it with me. I don't have it here, but um, yeah, Ron was in the pink thirty three Nova. I remember that. <laughs> When he came out, it was a nice car. It was cool when he brought it out. So, yeah, yeah I raced Ron for a couple of years there. Oh, right on, right on. And then in 2022, oh, wait, wait, let's go back to Sangudo. In 2020, you got a stock truck championship yeah. as well and rookie of the year in that class. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was uh, kind of in limbo a little bit there for, for a couple of years and then um, – the Polak family from competition shovels and Stony Plain kind of called me up and said, Hey, uh, we want to go racing. We want to build a truck and go truck racing. It's like, you know, you get some help, you know, some guys that come out and help you. I'm like, yeah, we can put something together. And, uh, so yeah, we went and sat down one night and, uh, that's when I actually, um, a few years earlier, I hooked up with Jim McIntosh, who is my crew chief and I race for and drive for and, you know, he sponsored me and I sponsored him. And over the years, we just had a big connection. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, me and him and a couple other guys, we we built the truck. We put it together with all the competition's help. And he owned the truck, basically, and we did all the work and got it ready. Um, but, yeah, yeah, Sangudo. We raced Sangudo uh, every weekend out there when they were open and won a championship out there. Uh, and then we even we even brought it to a task when they had a, a I think the Thunder Car Invitational. Mm-hmm. So I had called up Ron and said, "Hey, we want to bring our truck out. Like w- the truck weighs forty six hundred pounds. It was heavy truck. 
mm-hmm. right? And light in the back. So like, ah, I don't know. Let's, let's will you let us bring it out? So he said, yeah, bring it out. So I think I started at the back because I had no points that night. And, mm-hmm. and we, yeah, I think I got up to third or fourth and then I got spun <laughs> and then I had to go to the back again and didn't have enough time. I think it was a hundred lapper. I remember. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Sanguda was good. Uh, competition, they were awesome support of my of my career and, and everything that I accomplished with them um, in the truck series. And yeah, mm-hmm. that was that was fun. We had a good time with the truck. Yeah, I, there was I, from going by the stats you supplied. Um, there was a nine year absence of racing from ninety one to two thousand. Well, yeah, it wasn't quite that long. I'm. I'm slowly getting some of my, my stuff together. Um, I did race Castrol quite a bit. I think like I drove for another guy as well um, at Castrol. Um, we had, we got Ron Hodgson Pontiac as a sponsor as well for that. <laughs> we had that. That's another story because um, I had parked my car and all of a sudden I get a call from uh, the guy's name was Albert Denham. And he called me and he said, hey, we heard you're not driving. Do you want to come drive our car? So I said, okay, well, let's go sit down and talk about it. And went out and looked at his car and he had a pretty nice car. So I went out and started driving it. We were number 17 and he had Mako as a sponsor. And then I had our family business sponsored some some there. So I ran Castrol, I think, for him for two years, maybe three. I think third year, 94. I think it was 93 and 94. Um and uh, yeah, then 94, I think we we changed numbers on the car. So we had a black Monte Carlo SS and it had the silver and we ended up getting number three. So we then I went to Ron Hodgson and we got him to sponsor us. So we had Ron Hodgson was like good wrench and we had yeah. silver and black and we were just like, like, Earnhardt Senior's car, right? We had the the good wrench, and yeah, we were. It was a good car. We we won a few races with that one. Um, I think I've got nine feature wins at Castrol, and or nine. Sorry, I think I have four feature wins, and I think I have three eleven heat race wins. So that was yeah, that was with my car and that car. So kind of a combination. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So when you moved over to Edmonton International Raceway, um, when was it on a full-time basis did you do that? And what did you start out in? So from my recollection, um, I started, I brought my old Chevelle out because we still had it and never sold it about 95. So I raced a few years, 95 and 96 at EIR. And then... um, we decided ah, it's time to sell the car. Um, and then I did sell the Chevelle, the trailer. I sold everything we had. And then from there, um, yeah, that's when I did the truck. Was that right? Yeah. So then I did the truck. Then 2002 came and competition after we had raced the truck for two years says, well, we want to go to the cast car series. So, which is the Pinty series now, right? Mm-hmm. So they had, they had a Western series. So they said, well, we want to run the Western series. You want to, you want to be your driver and let's, let's get going on it. So, yeah. So we ended up, we, we uh, managed to buy a local car and trailer here. Uh, the guy's name was Tim Wolke. I think it was his name. And uh, so, yeah, we did the Pinty's or the, that time was a cast car series. So we did the mm-hmm. full West series. Um, in 2002, uh, every racetrack I go to, I'd never been to before, except for Wetaskiwin. So, um, Wetaskiwin is my home track, basically, was our mm-hmm. home home track. Um, we think we raced once in Wetaskiwin, and then we did Prince George, Quinell, uh, Vernon, uh, and Victoria on the island. There's a racetrack on the island. Uh, Calgary, Race City. So we did a we did a full season that year, and oh, Saskatoon as well had uh, Bridge City. I think it was called the Bridge City Speedway. But that was uh, that was an awesome uh, awesome year. I I've never driven more on racetracks in my entire life in one day because I would uh, we would because it was new tracks, right? So mm. um, competition Chev and the Polak family said, "Well, we'll get you another set of tires. Let's." 
let's get some practice in. So I would do a hundred laps in practice at every track we went to literally. So if we had a 200 lap race, I did a hundred laps in practice and 200 in the race. Um, but it, that, that's what I wanted to do. Right. Right. Um, I, I would go out, I would follow all the fast guys like, you know, Wade Lee, uh, Don sales, um, you know, guys like James Van Domsler, Todd Nichols, uh, the Hars. I'd, I'd try and follow the Hars all the time and try and learn their line and mm -hmm. see if I could make my car, you know, run as fast as them. But I was also a rookie and, um, you know, I hadn't really run any long races like that at all, you know, short sprints. But, uh, yeah, that was 2002. And then, uh, what, 2003, I think I did. I only did a partial season because uh, the Polak family had, there's two sons there, and they were kind of building the team up so that their two sons could drive, which I was okay with. That's, hey, you know, uh, I like helping uh, young up-and-comers to get, get their feet wet and learn about racing. And so, yeah, then that. 2003, I ran half the races and their other son run or their son ran uh, the other half. So that was pretty much it from 2003. Wow. So you only did a season and, and a bit then in yep. the Cascar yep. West, which is now the known as Pinty Series. Yeah. Yeah. And your first year, your full first season, you won Rookie yeah. of the Year and yeah. fourth place in the championship. Yeah. Yeah. And that was very competitive back then. Oh yeah. Like we also had, uh, I think I got the most laps completed award too. Oh wow. So in, yeah. And, so, and third place at Edmonton international raceway. I mean, yeah, it was your home track. That, so you had a lot of practice time there. So you yeah. had the advantage. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was probably one of my most memorable races that one finishing third on your home track and everything. on my home track in front of everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, just basically to show that, Hey, I'm from here and I'm going to, I'm going to show you guys, right. And give, <laughs> and give the fans a good show too. Right. Of course. So, of, yeah. of course. Yeah. And then it was 2006. I see the uh, NASCAR Dodge super late model champion as well as the rookie of the year in 2006. Yeah. Yeah. So 2005, um, I decided, you know what? the late model class was, was growing and it was getting lots of cars. And I said, that's, that's where I want to be. That's, that's the, the local track that I want to race at. And that's this, the division I wanted to be in. So we went and bought, uh, went down to Calgary. We bought a used car. Um, the guy's name was uh, Chris, Chris Skelton. And it was an, an older 99 victory circle chassis coil over quick change. Uh, I bought a roller and, uh, then I decided I called GM and said, I want to get a crate motor. So I, I called Ron and I said, Hey, these crate motors are, you know, they're down in the States lots. And I said, I, I don't have any parts or anything left over from my race days. I got to start from scratch basically. So would he allow me to run one of these GM crate motors? He's like, yeah, sure. Let's, let's give it a whirl, give it a try. So I, uh, ordered one up and got all the parts, put it all together. I think I ran two races in 2005 at the end of the season. Cause we had it all built and ready to go. Mm -hmm. And, um, I remember the one race really well that we took it out to, cause I was racing, uh, Jeremy Laponis. Um, I think his brother's racing right now in the IMCA and they all, their families are big racing family as well. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I went out, I think I was at the back, got to the front, and me and him battled every lap. He he he'd lead one lap, the next lap I led, and he we were door to door, side by side, for almost uh, I'd say it had to me it felt like it had to have been twenty or thirty laps for that feature night. And uh, yeah, that was one of the best races I ever had because we just didn't know who was going to win that night. And I <laughs> be honest, I don't remember who won, <laughs> <laughs> but it was so intense that uh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. That's when you, you yeah. know you had a fun night when you don't yeah. remember who won. No, no. <laughs> right on, right on. Um, NASCAR modified. Um, again, championship, back-to-back -back championship in the NASCAR modifieds in 2011 and 2012. Yeah, so um, 
Uh, another, that was with um, a buddy of mine who worked for uh, Peter Gibbons in the Pinty series or the Canadian Tire series back then. Pete Gibbons is the Eastern guy championship form. Um, I mean, he, another guy that I met a long time ago and he helped me out and, and gave me a lot of guidance over the years at the track when I, whenever I would hook up with him. Um, I go down and be on his pit crew in Ontario. I did that a couple of times. Um, learned a lot from him. He was a super talented driver and, and a real car guy. And uh, now he's, he's a motor man. He's down in North Carolina. Uh, they build engines for, I think, everybody and anybody down there. So, But super nice family. His wife, they always treated me really well. Um, um, but yeah, um, the late model. We were talking about late models or the modified. So his crew chief a long time ago, that's where I was going with it. Uh, Wayne Miller, or we call him Porky. Uh, he wanted to buy this modified and he said, Terry, I want you to drive it. So I said, okay, well, let's, let's get, let's go look at it. Well, I didn't even have time to go look at it. He just went and bought it. So, <laughs> so we bought it and, uh, went out the first night. Um, it was an old, it was an IMCA modified. It was actually a dirt car and we converted it over to pavement. And, uh, uh, the first year we just ran it the way we had it. I went out the first night and then I remember we still had the IMCA tires on, which are like eight inch and everybody else had 10 inch and 12 inch tires on. So I'm like, Ooh, I don't know how this is going to go, but whatever. <laughs> I think we went out that night and I finished second. <laughs> so it was pretty good. <laughs> the, then I, and a couple of weeks later, we bought some wheels and tires and went out and we were pretty fast. We were pretty competitive that first year. Um, yeah, we had fun. And uh, then then we started getting creative because the rules kind of opened up a little bit the next year. So we started putting wings all over the car. Um, I have a photographer guy that comes out, Perry Nelson. He I get him to come out once in a while, take pictures of the racing for the night. And mm -hmm. uh, he named it uh, the fishbowl. We called it the fishbowl. <laughs> so we actually went out and got a little Nemo sticker and put a Nemo sticker on it when he called it the fishbowl. But yeah, we had wing, we had plexiglass all over the place on that car and it had downforce. It, mm -hmm. it would, that thing would stick in the corner, like no tomorrow. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. The modifieds were fun. They were enjoyable. Uh, it was a really, really good car to drive. I love driving that car. Uh, I remember a few nights we had it so hooked up, uh, coming out of two at EIR, I would actually could pick up the left front tire. Like Are I was, you? I was picking up the left front tire going down the back straightaway. What? And <laughs> like the only time you usually see that is on sprint cars. They'll pick up both front wheels, but yep. this car was so hooked up. It would, I could pick up the left front was, was kind of neat. <laughs> <laughs> and what a transition to go from the modifieds into thunder cars. Yeah. Then, then we sold the modified. <laughs> um, the car count kind of, kind of went down a bit. And so we said, you know what? Um, let's just sell the modified. Um, and then uh, we just had an opportunity to thunder car kind of came, uh, came around and I said, well, let's, let's buy it. So we bought it, fixed it up, worked on it. And went out and just just had fun, right? Um, we were always still competitive. I think I won a few races in that car. I think we we did. Yeah, I did win one one night the the Pinties race. Um, <laughs> we were the we were the backup the backup class for mm -hmm. uh, for the Pinties night, and yeah, we won the won the feature that night. I don't know if it was the Friday or the Saturday. I can't remember. I think it was a Saturday night. Yeah. And that, that's but, yeah. even better because there's the Pinties guys all in all yeah. in the pits. Some of them pro you probably yeah. already knew and everything oh, still, right? Yeah. So I knew a bunch of them and I said, hey, did you see that race? We're like, what race? <laughs> okay, thanks for coming, guys. <laughs> well, they're busy working on their own stuff too, right? They're, True. They've got a job to do just like everybody. But yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you ran in Thunders for a few years and you hopped into yeah. the super trucks for a couple. Yeah, that was with uh, my buddy Jim McIntosh and McIntosh Motorsports. Mm -hmm. So we did the we did the trucks for two years. I think I did part of year the first year, and then uh, second year, yeah, Jim drove a little bit. I drove a bit. Um, 
yeah, the trucks was good. We're back to the traveling series, right? We we're mm-hmm. kind of Saskatoon and Hythe and EIR. I think they went, oh, they went down south. They went to Montana. There was a race. We didn't go to that one. Um, we just did the, tried to do the closer local ones, but mm-hmm. yeah, trucks was a good deal. I had fun there too. Um, again, more experience and different type of vehicle and, you know, made me, uh, uh, again, probably a little, little better driver. Right. Yeah. It's all about seat time and the more you get, the better you're going to be. And and I couldn't even tell you how many laps I put on. I, I, I couldn't even guess millions. I would say. (laughs) (laughs) Well, just from you saying that you were running when you were doing the cast car West, which is the Pinties, you would do a hundred practice laps. So that must've been a long tiring day. And at the end of it, you must've just been beat up. I, I was working out. I was in shape. I, I had said to myself that year that, you know what? I really got to get on it. Um, I was on the treadmill. I was lifting a little bit of weight. Um, but yeah, I was eating better, healthier. Um, I had my head in the game that year. Yeah. Yeah. Out of everything that you've driven, and which is a lot, yeah. what has been the most difficult for you to wrap your head around as a driver oh man um just trying to think what was the i think probably the truck the truck was probably the most difficult um i just know the way the chassis were designed and built um it was just different than anything that i was used to um yeah, so probably the truck. I'd say that truck was the the super truck. Mm-hmm. Like I know Saskatoon, we went there and I don't know, maybe it was just me having too many laps in Wetaskiwin and having <laughs> that mindset of, you know, gas break. I think it took me a little bit of time to overcome that after racing so many years in, at EIR. Um, but yeah, I think that the truck to me was probably the most difficult to, to learn how to drive. The past few years, you've been in the super stocks. Yeah. Who have you found to be your biggest competition in the super stock over the past three years? Well, I mean, the two the two most um, visible are Erica and, and Mike. You know, Erica and Mike are, you know, they're very competitive. They're they're at the top of their game. Um, you know, me being a, a KG veteran. Uh, I always like to, you know, play a little head games once in a while, you know, out on the track, off the track. Um, I'm not really that person, but I think with the, with two of them, uh, Erica is, is, is very talented. She's, she's got that drive to, um, to win and, and to be competitive. Uh, Mike is the same way. Uh, Mike's a little younger and he hasn't been in the racing as long as I have, um, you know, same with Erica, but Erica also had, uh, has a lot of laps around with Tasquin, right? Mm-hmm. And, and I would say me and her, probably the two most people that have the most laps around that track. Yeah. I see 2020, she won the championship and you came yeah. in second place and you guys were like, like yeah. just a few points behind each other all year long. Yeah. Now I know it was a shortened season because of COVID and everything, but yeah. from what, what I was gathering and everything, you guys, it was just constant battle, constant battle. Yeah. Yeah. Our, like our car, you know, from Macintosh, from Jim and, and the team did such a, a good job preparing that car for every night that we raced. Um, like it, it was a pleasure to drive the car. And it was always competitive, like, like trying to find the edge was always just right there. And I didn't want to go over the edge cause I didn't want to spin out and have to go to the back and start over. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it's, you're running for those points that are just, if, if you lose a spot, you lose two points. If you keep that spot, you gained a point. So I don't, I was never really a points racer uh, until you get to the, like the top classes, right? You, you have to think of the points because at the end of the season, it, it does come down to points, right? Yes, it does. Yeah. yeah. That uh, that reminds me of like 2006 when I won the championship. 
uh, in the super late model. Mm-hmm. I only won, I only won one race, but I, but I had 15 top fives or 18. I had, I had 15 top fives and 18 top tens. And we had 18 cars almost every single night. Oh, and, and I was starting at the back because I was the points leader. And at that time, the, the way NASCAR had, um, had determined that was different. Their, their, um, their point system was different. Um, cause it was called the Dodge weekly series and, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was different. So if you were the points leader, you were at the back. Um, but that was, that was the whole challenge. And that was the fun part, right? was making your way through the field and trying not to get collected in anything and not of, not of your own doing. And I know a few times I missed a few wrecks and, you know, or I know one, I can see the picture right now in my head. I just barely got into it. And there was four cars in it, and I was like the fifth or sixth car, and just got stopped. And luckily, nobody piled into me. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, um, yeah, that was probably some of the highlights of my career. Yeah. <laughs> when you were starting out in racing, who was your mentor? Uh, I would say probably my uncle Eric. Um, and I think my other mentor was I bought every single circle track magazine, stock car magazine. Um, I read those magazines from front to back, uh, top to bottom, and just tried to learn. But my biggest mentor, yeah, would be my uncle Eric. Um, like I watched all the cup races. I watched all that. Um, Earnhardt was a big was a big thing. Uh, for me, uh, I really liked the way he drove. Uh, even though they called him the intimidator, I I don't intimidate people. Uh, I'm not a a push and shove kind of guy. Or you know, if you if you really make me mad or or you know or chopping me off, I'm gonna bump you out of the way. But um, I uh, I have another story that I'll tell you too because I um, was it 1997. I went to Las Vegas to watch the truck race. And we were kind of on a little vacation. So we went to uh, the Siegfried and Roy show, the way the Tigers. Mm-hmm. And uh, first time I ever been to Vegas. So we, we kind of went a little bit early uh, to the show because we didn't know where we're going and didn't want to be late. So we got there a little early. They showed us to our seats and um, they kind of, all of a sudden the lights kind of dim a little bit. It's like, what the, what's going on here? Like, and, uh, some people come walking down the aisle and they sit in the booth. That's, you know, like 10 feet away from us. Well, they kind of turn the lights back up again. I look over it's Dale Earnhardt senior <laughs> is sitting 10 feet away from us, from us. <laughs> so I'm just like, well, this opportunity will never happen again. Right. I'm like, ah, yeah. I can't bother him. He's with his family. I don't want to, you know, I, I don't want to interrupt his evening. And then, my sister and uh, my wife at the time, uh, my wife said, well, no, you, you better go ask him for his autograph. Cause I'm like, okay. So I got up, I walked over and um, I asked, I said, uh, excuse me, Mr. Earnhardt. I said, uh, I know you're with your family. I don't want to bother you, but I said, could I just trouble you for your autograph and I'll get out of your hair. And he's like, oh, he says, oh, no problem. He says, yeah, you got something for me to sign? And I pulled out my wallet because at that point in time, I that was 97. So I had uh, a business card made up. I was racing the car at Castrol. That was the number three with the Goodwrench Silver. <laughs> so I had a business card that I had made up. It said my name on it and everything. <laughs> so I handed him that and I said, could you sign this? And he's like, uh, what's this? And I'm like, well, I'm from Canada. I said, I race up at a local dirt track there. And I said, that's the car I drive. He's like, really? He says, I wonder who you like. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, okay. uh, You got me there. And uh, so he's like, well, he goes, we got a few minutes. He says, sit down. And I'm just like, what? (laughs) He's like, yeah, here, I'll move over. Have a seat. Let's, let's talk, uh, talk a little bit. So I sat down with him and, uh, we uh we talked about racing and he was talking about well, what's up in canada he says i i want to go hunting up in canada he says I, i've always wanted to go up there and i said well 
I had this card. I said, I have another one. I'll give you that card. You keep my number. And I said, if you want to go hunting, give me a call. I said, I'm not a hunter, but I said, I can probably help, you know, find something for you to go hunt or, you know, get you some connections that you can come up here and go hunting. And he goes, oh, that'd be great. Thanks. And so he signed my card and gave me all that. And uh, yeah, that was like one of the highlights of my careers, right? Like, you know, when you meet your idol, it's like, wow. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. So then my sister actually came over and took a picture of the two of us that I have framed in my basement. We're go figure. We're both wearing black shirts and uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll send you the picture. You can see the picture. It's pretty cool. That'd be good. I'll put that on the a little clip yeah. of that. If you don't mind on the video podcast, yeah. it would be great. Yeah. So I put, my sister got it framed and then we put that card with his autograph in it too. So oh. it's, it's pretty neat. Yeah. My sister actually played a joke on me. Uh, I thought she was going to give me a framed picture uh, for my birthday. And she told me, she goes, uh, the picture didn't work. I'm like, what? <laughs> so she got me. So she did end up giving it to me later on. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, it's, uh, that was, that was a cool moment in my, in my life, right? To meet your idol. But yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Now, flip side of the coin, you're the Wiley veteran, as you say. Yeah. Who have you been mentoring throughout their racing careers? You know, I I don't know. I, I've always kind of told people just, you know what, there's no, no such thing as a dumb question. Always come up and ask. Um, I know at the banquet, you know, a few times I always said I thanked all the parents for always supporting their kids and, and getting them out to the track and and, uh, but I, I don't know. I, I never really, I don't think I mentored anybody, which, you know, um, I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I want to be more involved and more helpful in the sport. And I, I think I've given back pretty good. We, we do our, you know, chase to cure events. We've done those mm -hmm. in the past at ER and, um, but, um, yeah, I'm just trying to think. I, I'm I'm sure there's some there is some, and it's just not coming to me right now. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. yeah. What is next for Terry Dowler on the racetrack? Uh this year I think we're. Uh, I'm going to drive a few races for Macintosh Motorsports again in the 51 car. Okay. Um, Jim is going to drive. Um, it's not really time for me to retire, but it's just time to pull back a little bit, I think, and, and, and do some other things in, in life. Um, you know, I've, my wife is, is a huge supporter of mine. Um, she always tells me you can still do it, go do it. You're still having fun, do it. Um, and I am, I, I, I still enjoy it. I think it's, it's just life, I guess, in general, it just changes as you get a bit older. Um, I can still get in the car. Uh, <laughs> I'm still competitive. So I, I feel I can still do it. Um, but I think, uh, you know, it's, it's the time you got to spend to go out and find sponsorship and you got to, you know, knock on doors and stuff. And, and that takes away from your family a little bit too, right? And and I, with, with COVID and stuff, everything that happened, I know that's not a good word anymore, but uh, <laughs> I think it, it hurt the, the racing industry as well as most industries, right? Yeah. So we're all still trying to recover from that. And I think we're all putting in a good effort especially all the racers and sponsors are trying to get back, give back when they can. Mm -hmm. And that's, um, that's so important, but, uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know behind working behind the scenes at the racetrack, doing promoting and we're building the schedule and we're planning the Pinty's week and a whole bunch of other events throughout the year. There's a lot of work behind the scenes that we're trying to do and try to bring the fans back in, like our fan appreciation day that's coming up. Yeah. We've launched uh, NASCAR, actually partnered with all the NASCAR home tracks yeah. with My Race Pass. And mm -hmm. that's a new fan interactive experience. It's mm -hmm. an app that the, everybody, it's a free app uh, for racers uh, to build their profile. Um, and total fan interactive experience that's new that we're launching at Edmonton International Raceway. I've been working on this behind the scenes oh. for the past couple of weeks. It's really an interesting program. Um, 
Um, so once you get your everything all established and everything, you could register on there for the season. You could even prepay the events, bypass the back gate, the whole works. Um, okay. Now that you've, exp you've explained that to me, I know it now I've seen it, but I didn't know what it was. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's, that's what we're doing this year. And it's all NASCAR is sponsored with them for all the home tracks. So it's okay. not only us, Saskatoon's got it. Um, I think Eastbound is going to be on there as well. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's, it's quite huge. And it's, it, I was impressed when I actually first got my introduction to it in December down at PRI. Um, so that was quite interesting. So glad to see that that's here. Um, and that's one of the things that we're doing. Um, new fan interactive. Uh, we're getting, um, well, Pass the Ketchup is back. We're going to be doing that oh, okay. as well. Uh, that was a big fan interactive. Do you have any suggestions for us to help pull in the fans and get the fans more involved? Um, you know, I, I think the... Like Ron has the um, the ride-alongs, and he's got the. I, I think he needs to do a ride-along to give, like, put some of the drivers in his two seaters, mm -hmm. and and give some of the fans. They used to do. I know they used to do it at Calgary a long time ago. Um, at the intermission, they would take one of their. They had a two-seater car. They bring out and they put, you know, one of the local drivers in it, and they would let them take a fan at like full speed around the racetrack. Like, I think that would be a good, you know, you got to enter your name to win, yep. uh, you know, maybe a week prior to, and that mm -hmm. may, that way you get people to come to the track to see if they won. That mm -hmm. might be a, might be a, a an idea. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they do do a lot of a good promotions. I, I feel that, you know, and, and uh, you know, with task one, because it's a little bit further from Edmonton uh, to get people out there, you got to have some really good draws. Um, like the Pinties is such a good draw. Oh yeah. Uh, like the hit to pass, you know, people love that. And then now they have the Enduro. Mm -hmm. Um, right. And I mean, I used to go every year we would go down to Calgary for the ASA race, the American speed. So see, like I saw mm -hmm. drivers like Mark Martin, uh, Rich Bickle, Butch Miller, uh, Eddie, Ed Howe, um, Mike Eddie, like I watched all those guys and we go down because it was such a huge race mm -hmm. and they had 30 some cars there. Like we need another big local event, I think to get like our local races. Like I know the, the Pinties comes and stuff. Yes. But I, I think we need like, I don't know, some sort of like, I know Ron's changing the late model class to, or the super stocks to late models. And, and that's great. They're trying to build a class and get it going again, um, which is fantastic. That's we need the you need that top class again back in a in a big way, right? But I don't know. Yeah, something along that lines might might draw people to to come that race a race passenger at speed. <laughs> yeah. Well, that that I didn't even think about that one. There's other draws that we'll be doing, so. With that being out to public, we'll see if we can make that happen. I yeah. think that would be a really good one because one of the things we're gonna we're gonna draw for is we're gonna do test drives throughout the year. Fans yeah. are gonna get to win a test drive. We're gonna do a draw for fans to drop a green the green flag for the feature race. That's a good one. Yeah, you yeah. know stuff like that. So yeah. doing the two seater during intermission yeah. that would yeah. be a good one. It's so. Yeah. That's we could develop that a little further. Yeah, absolutely. Great suggestion. Yeah. You might even want to do um, like one of the race teams uh, at the beginning of the night. Uh, maybe want someone who, oh, a fan will get to go down. I know they do the walking tour through the, oh, yeah. the through the pits, but maybe mm -hmm. they get to stay down in the pits. You know, if they put a little grandstand down there, they could get a family of four can sit in the pits on, you know, they're only allowed to go to that space or they could belong to a crew for the night or something, right? Give them some chairs and give them a EIR t-shirt and they can, something like that. That's know. an idea. That's an idea. Yeah. Again, yeah. we can, let's, yeah. let's yeah. talk. Uh, I could talk to uh, Ron and Loretta about that and see what yeah. we can do about that. Yeah. yeah. So that's a good suggestions. Very good suggestions. Yeah. 
Well, I've been doing this a little while, right? <laughs> I've been doing it as long as Ron has. <laughs> yeah. Since you've been been racing for all those years, here's an interesting question for you. How did you use your worst race or your worst season to motivate you for next race or the next season? Uh, well, the only race that sticks out in my mind is one night uh, I started at the back and I don't know if it was just the way the car was handling. I stayed on the bottom and I wouldn't run the top. And then after the race, I realized that I had a fast car and I just had it in my head that I couldn't do it that night and I don't know why. So I said to myself, the next weekend, we came out, we raced, and I said, I'm not getting off of the top groove. I'm staying in the top groove all night. And I think I finished second that night. <laughs> <laughs> so that that race was like, yeah. It, it, you replay it through your mind, like, you know, days after and stuff, and you go, I wasn't even driving that night. Like, where was my head? Where, where was I that night? Um, but that's what motivated me. And, and also, um, again, back to um, one of my mentors, Pete Givens, uh, I was always a brake guy. I, I always had to have good brakes. Uh, and he, 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 one night, I remember, I think I was racing. So I can't remember where I was racing, but he reached in the car, grabbed my foot, and he said, put it on the dashboard and leave it there. He said, you don't need the brakes. I'm like, Okay. All right. <laughs> so I didn't use the brakes that night and I think I won the race. <laughs> <laughs> so again, experience and, and listening to people that, you know, mentor you and, and, and make you uh, a better driver. Um, you can take all those components and put them together. You've got a, a winning combination, they say, right? And the, But you got to have a good team behind you and good support and good sponsors and, you know, along with the racetrack supporting all the racers and um, family. Uh, yeah. Everybody, it, it's not just the driver that wins the race. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, it's everybody involved, you know, the other crews, the other teams that chip in and help out and, and do everything that they do at the track because we're all a family at the end of the day. Right. Sometimes we see them more than we see our own families, right? So, yeah, which, yeah. But, um, no, that's uh, that's always been my motto. Try and, you know, help each other out. Even though you're competitors on the track, you you know, we want everybody to come out and have fun and enjoy their nights and, and uh, you know, make it all worthwhile. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. In your storied career, you've driven a lot of vehicles. Which one was your favorite to race? And are there any bucket list vehicles and races you want to drive? Um, I would say there's two races. The, the race that most stands out in my mind was the, the cast car race that I finished third. Mm -hmm. uh, that was one of the best cars that I think I ever drove. Um, on that particular night, um, the modified, when I was picking up the left front wheel, that was, <laughs> that was wicked. Um, and even, even the super stock, uh, a few nights there, uh, the super stock was just so easy to drive. Um, I like it when things are easy. Uh, all drivers are like that. If we get new <laughs> tires, we get new tires. We're happy. On old tires, we're like, we need new tires. We need new tires. <laughs> but, right? Um, and, and as for my bucket list, you know, I I think I want to get, I'd like to get back into a Pinty's car. Just one race. Um, I'd like to run the race in Wetaskiwin in a Pinty's car. Um, I was hoping some of these past years I might be able to been put something together, but... Yeah, it's uh, to rent a car is just uh, an astronomical amount of money. Um, but uh, yeah, I'd like to see if I can. 
play with the big boys again. Uh, but that's really big now, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, like racing against guys like, you know, Alex Tagliani, uh, DJ Kennington, um, you know, uh, all them guys. And then you got all the young up and comers, right? You know, like uh, all the young kids that are coming up now in the Pinty series there. The young guy and the, the young kid in the 20 car, Lapsovich. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very talented kid. Like he can drive. Um, and again, his family history, you know, he's brought up in the sport. Um, yeah. Um, I think that that's really my only bucket list still, maybe just to drive one of those, but it probably will never happen, but you know what? That would, that would be my bucket list. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I live by one, by a motto, never say two words, always or never. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 If I ever won the lottery, I think the only other thing I would do would be go and drive an ARCA car or, or a truck. Nice. That would be, but it would have to be a short track. So I'd have to go either <laughs> Bristol or maybe Martinsville, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bristol would be my favorite. Yeah. No, Bristol would be, be unbelievable. Um, I did go. I did go to California the one time with Pete Gibbons in a Xfinity car. Oh, okay. That was in um, late ninety ninety eight. We went down, and that was another cool story. We went down. He had uh, a nationwide car. Or was it called a Bush Bush car? Bush car. Yeah. So he had a Bush car that he built, and we took it down there and raced against uh, Rusty Wallace. Um, who else was there? Oh, Michael Waltrip was there. He had a Band-Aid sponsor at the time. So he had a truck and a bush car that he was driving. And, uh, yeah, Rusty Wallace was literally two stalls down in the garage area. So um, I think what I heard was he had a contract. He had whatever uh, Roger Penske had. Uh, if there was a race going on somewhere, um, Rusty's contract, if he didn't have any conflicting races, he had to go and race there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's true, but that's, that's the story we were kind of told. So, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, well, Mike, Michael Waltrip was there. That was, he was a really nice guy. We, I had a, we had a couple of conversations with Michael cause he was pitted right next to us and uh-huh. yeah, all them guys were so nice and you know, yeah. What was it like to race against them? Well, I didn't, but Peter did. Pete, oh, Pete, okay. Pete Gibbons was a driver. I was just there for, well, I was supposed to be on the pit crew, but I think I was there for moral support and, <laughs> and stuff. But yeah, I rolled a few tires and did a little bit here and there. But that, that was neat because California, that was in Fontana, mm-hmm. big track. And yeah, that is unbelievable when you're on pit lane and those cars are going around. It's just insane. <laughs> the, the horsepower and the 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 vibrations at that hole, like you're just, uh, just vibrating down there. Wow. Yeah. That was pretty cool. How has racing prepared you for life outside of racing? Um, life's uh, life outside of racing has, I think, uh, I played hockey growing up. Um, and then I actually got hurt and I was more so got scared. Um, so I, what happened to me was I was playing forward. I went flying in to the corner to go after the puck and I caught an edge and I lost balance and went headfirst into the boards. So I woke up the next day in hospital, not knowing what happened. Couldn't feel my legs. The doctor came in. They, they said I must've had a, uh, impact on my spine that maybe pinched a nerve. So by the end of the day that I could actually start to feel my legs again. So that story created, I didn't want to play hockey anymore <laughs> because there was, you know, the intent is too easy to get injured. So then I decided let's go stock car racing where it's a lot safer. Um, <laughs> roll cage, fire suit, helmet, right? You're protected. You're in your own cocoon and you're, you're that. So, so that actually, I think made me realize in my life that I need to maybe take more chances, um, or enjoy life more. Um, 
so I think that made me realize to enjoy life. And if there's something you want to do, do it and keep doing it, you know, and, you know, sometimes it's nice to take others along for the ride with you as well. Like your family, your friends, you know, like all your, your crew and everybody that's around you. Cause, um, racing has been, it is a family sport, right? Mm -hmm. And, and it just, if you keep your family around you, you'll forever be happy. Um, hopefully they're always happy. <laughs> Maybe sometimes the spending of the money isn't so happy. Uh, but you know, the time you spend on, I think on this earth and doing in and enjoying what you enjoy makes you, um, the person that you are. Right. Yes, yeah. sir. I don't know if that made any sense, but <laughs> <laughs> I think it sounded no, pretty good. <laughs> no, it makes sense to me. I mean, yeah, it, it definitely you know, does. Everybody has a different path, I guess. Right. And, uh, yeah. I don't know what I would have done without racing, right? <laughs> you know, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Definitely. And with that being said, we're going to let you get back to the life outside of racing. Okay. And I thank you so much for your time. Your stories yeah. were just awesome. Are you planning yeah. on writing a book? I, <laughs> I've never thought of writing a book actually my dad um because he's got an irish background and farming and my dad's life story is is amazing um just from what he came from to what he became to what his goals in life and what he achieved um i think he needs to write a book first <laughs> but uh yeah i i enjoy telling stories sometimes people i don't talk as much um, but I think it's important for people to hear these stories so that they can, um, you know, get something from it, not just, um, you know, oh, that guy, he's, he's a race car driver. Well, yeah, but no, <laughs> like we want to, we want to get people out to the track. We want to keep people involved. And, um, I think telling these stories and doing what you do is, is a good way to reach out to people, right? I mean, mm -hmm. Before we just watched the races on the weekends on TV, but now there's there's so many more things like I like up to a few years ago I didn't know what a podcast was, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So, but uh, no, thank you for for everything you do for the sport too, and and like I said, we got uh, you know Ron and Loretta do so much for the sport, and and uh, we got to keep keep the ball rolling or keep the tires rolling. Um, and, uh, you know, make the best of it and, and try and get more people in the younger generation involved. Cause get them uh, out to the track and get them in the yeah. cars. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and get, we've got to try and get corporate America back in, involved in a lot of this stuff too. And it, but it's hard, right? Very it's, hard. It's a lot of connections and who you know and what you know, and, and, uh, that's hard. And the sponsorship yeah. game has definitely changed in the past few years, and especially post-COVID. Mm -hmm. It is so difficult now to gain oh. sponsorship. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, But they can't be discouraged. They still <clears throat> got to get out there and, and, and get out there and, and, and fight for the sponsorship. They want to race? Go out there and, and pound the pavement, as, as the saying goes. Yeah. yeah. Shake the hands, get the money, come on out to yeah. the racetrack. Open arms. We're a big family. That's right. And once you get them out there, I think you're, you're, you'll be good, but it, it's just that initial additional or initial step to get them there. Right. Yeah. So then yeah. once we get them there, we'll get, we'll get them hooked. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. For it's sure. Like, racing is an addiction. Uh, whether you're a fan, whether you're a racer, whether you're a sponsor, uh, anybody that gets involved, it becomes an addiction. Right. Yeah, and even when you step away from behind the wheel, because I can't race yeah. anymore, it's still yeah. I want to get involved, and this is what I'm doing now, yeah. working behind yeah. the scenes, doing the podcast. I even I race to keep my skills fresh. Yeah, yeah. See, I I, I tried I racing. I, I didn't go the full bore. I just did it on my phone, and I was getting pretty good. Then I joined a few things. I'm like, holy cow, this is bad. I'm bad. <laughs> I'm bad. But um, yeah. I'm not a computer game guy, but 
it, I mean, but yeah, some of these young guys now, right? Like William Byron and Tyler Reddick. And I mean, Ty Majeski is another one. Ty Majeski, um, you know, like uh, those guys are, are so talented, but that's what the younger generation now is coming up in. That's mm -hmm. their generation. We're more hands-on where now they're hands-on, but different hands-on, <laughs> right? <laughs> So, but they can but, make the transition from virtual yeah. to real world successfully yeah. also. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, the guys driving for junior there uh, that just drove the cup race. Uh, Josh Berry. Josh Berry. Like, you know, talented. He's he's the face of uh, local short tracks, right? Mm -hmm. And he just finished second at, uh, um, where were they? Jeez. They were at Bristol. Bristol, yeah. Right? Yeah, so it is possible. Yeah, it is possible. You can do that stuff. So, For sure. Cool. All yes. right, well, I guess that's, uh, that's a wrap. It is a wrap, <laughs> sir. <laughs> you have yourself a great weekend. Yeah. I look forward to seeing you and the family out at the racetrack again for this, uh, this season. Coming yeah. up in a few weeks. Just a few yeah. weeks down the road. Yeah, like I said, we'll be out there for a few and I'll probably crew chief for Jim maybe. And uh, so, yeah, we'll go from there. Right on. Okay. Well, thank you, Terry. And we'll oh. see you at the track. You bet. Thank you. Take care. You too. Bye -bye. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks again, Terry. Come on out this race season at Edmonton International Raceway in Wetaskiwin to see if Terry can add the 2023 NASCAR Late Model Championship Gold to his trophy case. Get your tickets now at edmontonraceway.com. Black flag disclaimer. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed are mine and the guests appearing on Turning Laps with Mr. Smiley and do not represent the views, thoughts, and opinions of Edmonton International Raceway, EIR, EIR sponsors or racers, NASCAR, NASCAR Pinty Series, and their affiliated sponsors. The material information presented here is for general information and entertainment only. The Turning Laps with Mr. Smiley name and all forms and abbreviations are the property of its owner, which is me, and its use does not imply endorsement of or opposition to any specific organization, product, or service. And this is the checkered flag. Thank you once again, Terry Dowler, for the awesome interview, and of course, a huge Thank you to you, the listeners and fans. Don't forget to like and share the podcast. Stay tuned for the next Turning Laps with Mr. Smiley presented by Edmonton International Raceway and my weird timing system slash lap timers. As I shift gears for the 55th race season, I will be streaming live on my Facebook page, Turning Laps with Mr. Smiley during the 2023 race season at Edmonton International Raceway. So until you see me on Facebook Live, until next time, everybody, keep smiling.